The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What a great message to be able to share with you all today on a very busy Oxford circus. If I was to tell you that there are about 30,000 religions around the world, and yet out of 30,000 religions around the world, only one offers a saviour. And that saviour, of course, is Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is this. When you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. And that's why the Bible says that God was manifest in the flesh. On top of that, when you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. What you can't become is overly passive forever. Ten out of ten people will die. And the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this a judgment. My banner tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Which means quite clearly that not only is he our high priest, but on top of that he is almighty God. But the reality is that we have a sin problem. Sin separates us from God. There are many myriads of sin. The number one sin that the Word of God condemns is unbelief. And yet, ask yourself this, what is the date? The date, of course, is 2016. And no, that has nothing to do with Napoleon, that has nothing to do with uh, Charles Dickens, that has not, uh, nothing to do with uh, Charles Darwin. It's all about Jesus Christ. Mankind has a conscience, and that conscience convicts him when he does wrong. That's why there are so many psychiatrists and psychotherapists, and that's why so many people are on medication. They're trying to get some peace. But the Word of God says, My peace I give you, not as the world gives you. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and a burden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But you see, mankind likes to hide from Almighty God. Mankind likes to create religions within religions. Mankind likes to run from Almighty God and embrace evolution, atheism. It's absurd, of course, but what can you do? Today's generation is on the run. Today's generation thinks it knows best. In fact, the Word of God says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And yet, everything points back to a creator. Look at the sun. Look at the moon. Look at the stars. They all point to Almighty God. But like I said a few moments ago, 10 out of 10 people die. In fact, we know it's around 8,000 an hour all over the world. And at the same time, 8,000 people are being born all over the world. 
What a great God we have. A God of mathematics. An all-sovereign God. A God who's made it possible for mankind to be reconciled unto him. But mankind, for the most, wants to do it his own way. I should know I was like that myself for many years. Yes, I was religious. I was a Catholic for many years, but I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't born again until 14 years ago. The Word of God says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's come to give us life and life more abundant. And people say, well, that's all very interesting, but I'm not very religious. Well, let me say this to you, if I may. If I was to spend maybe two or three hours here, and if I was to record all of the conversations that I might hear, people are going to mention God, they're going to mention Jesus Christ, many times as a cuss word. There's something about Jesus, there's something about God, which gets under the skin of people. The Word of God says how Christ <coughs> lights every man that comes into the world. So you see, you can't avoid it, it all points back to him. But the Bible says, if you turn to him, if you believe on him, the Lord God will pardon you. On top of that, people say, well, I'm not overly religious, and yet when you get sick, and you die, and yes, you'll all die eventually, most people will want a Christian funeral. Have you noticed that? Most people want a Christian funeral when they die. How complex people are. The whole life they've been avoiding him, they've been mocking him, they've been blaspheming him, and yet when they get sick, they want a Christian funeral. And what does the world say? Too little, too late. And yet now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. We are here today for one very simple purpose, to present Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody. We've come down from Manchester just for the day. We've got free Bibles, free DVDs, Bible tracts, and we're happy to speak to anybody, pray with anybody who wants to get closer to the Lord. If you're already saved, but are somewhat out of fellowship with the Lord. We're happy to pray with you, but ultimately you need to be born again. The Word of God says a man must be born again. You see, you can't save yourself. Your best works is no good. The Word of God says there's nobody good but God. Man in his best state is altogether vanity with God. There's not a just man on earth that doeth good and sinneth not. You see, your best is no good. And one day you're going to get sick, one day you're going to die, and one day, according to my Bible, you will stand in the presence of Almighty God. The chances are your conscience already tells you that, but because you don't want to accept it, because you'd rather suppress it, because you'd rather accept anything, but the word of God, you remain an enemy of God. That's right, an enemy of God. And yet, my Bible says that God is friends with sinners. My Bible says how the Son of Man, that's Jesus Christ, has come to seek and to save that which was lost.
So two things. Number one, you must accept you are a sinner. Which means, in essence, you cannot save yourself. On top of that, you need to see the Lord Jesus Christ as a sinless saviour. Not just a good man, not just a prophet, but Almighty God who came to earth over 2,000 years ago to die for the sins of the world. And you might say to me, well, that sounds like a great story, but can it be proven? What evidence do we have for the Bible? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because outside of the Bible, which I should tell you all was written by 40 men who lived on three continents over 1,600 years apart, all testified about a king and a kingdom. Now, had it not been inspired by God, had it not been led by the Lord, they wouldn't have got half of their prophecies right. In fact, the Word of God lays out over 68 prophecies about Jesus Christ. You see, to reject him is a head problem. On top of that, it's also a heart problem. But outside of the Bible, we have over 39 secular historians who wrote about Jesus Christ. 39 secular historians who didn't even believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, when you get to the Quran, it's a whole different ballgame. You've got a 200-year period before the Quran was even written, whereas the Word of God was written about nine years after the Lord's death on the cross, up until about 70 years after his death. The Word of God was written by eyewitnesses. So you see, if you want to reject Christianity, if you want to reject uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you do it at your own peril. You see, your heart is no good. The Word of God says how man's heart is desperately wicked. And yet, like I've been telling you for the last several moments, the Bible says that God is a friend of sinners. If you tell a lie, you are a liar. Just lie once, the Bible says you are a liar, and all lies have their part in the lake of fire. How about blasphemy? You take God's name in vain, you, you say his name to express disgust, the word of God says he won't hold you blameless who take his name in vain. See, God is a holy God. God is eternal. God is holy. God is righteous. If you were to offend somebody who you knew, you'd have to apologise to that person. The same is true of God. You need to apologise to him. The word of God calls that repentance. You need to repent. You need to turn to Almighty God. How about stealing? How many times have you stolen something which wasn't your own? It could be a pencil. It could be an elastic band. It could be music from the internet. It could be a DVD. If you steal something, that makes you a thief. Now, I've just given you three of the Ten Commandments. We could go through all ten of them if we had to, and the chances are you'd be guilty of every single one of them. So what should God do with you when you die? Put yourself in a courtroom for one moment, please. You've been found guilty of many crimes. And you are in court. And your defence barrister has done the best he can 
but you're still guilty. Now you know that a good judge has to punish evildoers. If he doesn't punish evildoers, he's no good. And you may plead guilty, but you're still going to do time because you've broken the laws of society. Put yourself in God's courtroom for one moment, please. Let's say you make it to 70 years old and you committed about 487,000 crimes. But the Word of God calls it sin. Out of 470,000 sins, you're in big trouble. And God judges you, the books are opened, and you know you can't make it. But he says to you, although you're guilty of over 400 sins, make that 400,000 sins, make it a million sins, it doesn't really matter, one sin is a sin. He says, although you are guilty, although I have found you guilty of breaking my laws, stealing, blasphemy, lying, I'm going to offer you the chance to be pardoned. How many people take the offer? How many people would want to receive a pardon? <clears throat> Only a fool would turn it down. And God says, if you trust my son who died on the cross 2,000 years ago, I can pardon you. Because his blood is divine. His blood is sinless. He never sinned unlike you. He never disobeyed me unlike you. And if you receive him, if you believe on him, the Bible says you are forgiven. You pass from death unto life. And when you die, instead of going to hell, which is where I should go, and where all of you should go, he'll take you to heaven to spend all of eternity with him. It's what he called grace. That means God's righteousness at Christ's expense. It's a free gift. But if you turn it down and you stand in his presence, you have no hope of escaping everlasting hell. Put yourself back in a courtroom in the UK. The judge has examined you and you have been found wanting and he says to you, all I can do is sentence you to time in jail. How many people will be quite happy to receive a pardon? And that's what it comes down to. How many people here today are willing to accept a pardon from God's only begotten Son? This isn't religion. This is what we call a relationship. But you have to turn to Almighty God to receive it. And people say, well, I'm going to take my chances when I die. I'm a good person. If you're a good person, ask yourself this. Do you thank God for the air that you breathe? Do you thank God for the food on your table? Do you thank God for your family? How about the legs that carry you around? Or the eyes that allow you to see? Or the ears that allow you to hear? How thankful are you to him? You see, if you believe in evolution, you evolve by chance. Which means that life is pretty much irrelevant. 
what do they call it? Survival of the fittest. But if you hold to the Bible's account of how we got here, <coughs> you are made in the image of God, which on the one hand is wonderful, and yet, on the other hand, it makes you responsible to God. You see, you have a conscience, unlike the animals, and your conscience tells you when you do wrong. Some of you people are walking past me today, and I appreciate it's somewhat cold, and I appreciate most of you are very busy, and yet there's something in your deep self, deep down in your DNA, which testifies that what I'm saying is true. And yet you know it's going to cost you something to follow the Lamb, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's right, it will cost you something to follow Him. To be saved is very simple. You come to Him, you believe on Him, and you ask Him to give you power to live for Him. But to live for Him each and every day, to serve Him, is difficult. If you are in the British Armed Forces, you have a long period of training. It's hard training. Most people that join the Paris fall away. It's too hard. Most people that join the Marines fall away. It's too hard. And yet for those that stick it out, they go, they go on to, uh, to qualify. They go on to get their wings, the green berries, and they become the best in the world. They stick it out, you see. Well, the same is true of biblical Christianity. You've got to stick it out. You've got to put yourself out. You've got to live for somebody better than yourself. And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> but the whole purpose of me being here today isn't to condemn anybody. That's not my job. Our purpose of being here today is to present the Lord Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody. You see, when I die, God will judge me. And he will ask me to give an account of my life to him. Not in reference to my sins, thankfully. My sins have been forgiven. But in reference to how I lived after I've been forgiven. And he will ask me, did you witness to people? Did you tell people about my son? Did you put yourself out? Did you want people to come in judgment? Did you tell people about heaven and hell? Did you level with people? And I'll say, yes, Lord, I did what I could. It wasn't always particularly good, but I did my best. I have a burden for people. I care for people to receive this great message. It's a free gift. If you receive it, you have a relationship with your Creator. If you reject it, you stand condemned. Let's go back to the courtroom one more time, please. You find yourself in the presence of a good, decent judge. You know you're in trouble. You've broken every law under the sun. Your barrister can't help you. The prosecuting barrister has condemned you. The judge has only one option. He has to sentence you because you are a lawbreaker. You've broken his law, and yet he wants to help you, but he can't help you without violating the law. He has to uphold the law. He can't just let you go free, because if he does so, there'll be an outcry. People say, where's the justice in that? How can he help you? How can he 
uphold justice while at the same time helping you. Well, if somebody comes into the courtroom and says, I'll pay your fine for you, he has a discretion to allow it. And that's God's discretion. God's discretion can allow it, and he will do. But you've got to ask him for his discretion. In other words, you have to turn to him in faith. You have to reach out and receive it. It's not automatic. And we call that, in biblical circles, substitutionary atonement. And that's a big word. But it means very simply that somebody died in your place. Somebody paid the price for you. And you might say, well, I don't like the idea of somebody paying my price for me. I want to take my own chance as well. Go back to 1939. During the Second World War, Britain was at war. And uh, the British government started to mobilise men to fight on your behalf and some of you that may remember that period of time many years ago I know were more than happy for somebody else to fight on your behalf to go for you that's substitutionary atonement you might get a speeding ticket and the court says you've got 28 days to pay it the court doesn't care who pays it providing somebody pays it for you well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ paid your fine for you. He went to battle for you. He overcame death for you. He defeated the devil for you. He has redeemed you back to Almighty God. And now he is waiting for people to receive it, to turn to it. Is it like I've been saying all along? One of the reasons why people don't receive Christ it's because of their hearts. Their heart is wicked. Their heart convicts them. Their head knows that it makes sense. It has to. A creation always points back to a creator. Anybody can see that. And yet, mankind wants to be his own God. Mankind wants to do his own thing. So what is the conclusion to all of this? Well, the conclusion to all of this is really quite simply this. You need to turn to Almighty God. You need to come unto Him as a sinner. Believe on Him. Trust what His Son did for you. And the Bible promises you'll be pardoned. The Bible guarantees you will receive everlasting life. You should go to hell when you die, but... God has made it possible to save you. As I say, he is referred to as the friend of sinners. The Lord Jesus Christ spent a lot of time with sinners. People like you and I. Everyday sinners. And those sinners, one by one, humble themselves, turned to him, and received everlasting life. But it's an awful thing to reject this message. It's a terrible thing to pass up on this message. It's a terrible thing to stand in the presence of God when you die as an unsaved man or woman. Somebody who hasn't received a pardon. 
That's your choice. God won't force himself on anybody. My Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks. There's a call to invite him in or receive him. If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with you. There's a call to enjoy fellowship with him. But he won't force himself on anybody. Bible-believing Christians will not force what we believe on anybody. We will share the word of God with you. We will raise our voices on busy streets such as this to be heard. But we're not here to condemn anybody or to force what we believe in anybody. We are simply here to warn you that a coming judgment is not far off that 150,000 people die every day all over the world, which is around 8,000 an hour. And if you die without Christ, you go to hell forever. Why? Because God is holy and you are not. On top of that, you wouldn't want to go to heaven, would you? You spent most of your life running from him. You spent most of your life breaking his laws, using his holy name as a cuss word. So you wouldn't want to go to heaven, would you, when you die? You go to hell. And the Bible says hell is eternal. It's a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But why would you go there? Why would you send yourself to hell? The Bible says hell is made for the devil and his angels. And some people say, you believe in a devil? Yes, I believe in a devil. And some people say, really? I say, yes. Just look around you. Look at all the wickedness in this world. Children killing children. Unheard of 25, 30 years ago, yet it's an almost daily occurrence. It's become the norm. People abusing children on a mass scale. It's getting worse, not better. People embracing more and more wickedness, which was unheard of 20 years ago. The Bible speaks about a time referred to as the end times, the last days. And part of that is men being lovers of their own selves, boasters, haters, heady, without natural affection. If you know anything about history, go back and take a look at Britain 50 years ago. Britain has severely, fell, uh, severely fallen. Britain has stumbled. But it's not too late. If man turns to God, if man believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God says, you have passed from death unto life. And I'll just say this, and I appreciate that for most of you, time is precious. You may be on holiday, you may be on your lunch hour, but please listen to me one last time. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man, once to die, and after this a judgment. Listen to your conscience. Take the time to examine what you've heard today. You owe it to yourself. The Word of God says if you come to the Son of God, if you believe on Him, if you continue on in His Word, you are His disciples indeed. But if you turn from it, 
If you reject it, if you mock it, if you remain indifferent, the wrath of God abides upon you. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been suicidal in the past. Some of you people have embraced some great wicked sins. Some of you people are burdened down. And yet some of you people are proud. You're self-righteous. You think you know best. And the Lord God says if you humble yourself, if you lower yourself, if you stop talking and start listening, he will save you. But as we say, the ball is in your court. All we can do is preach the word of God to you. All we can do is deliver the letter to you. It's up to you whether you open it or not. But one thing that I can't be accused of is not warning you. And I hope some of you take heed to what you've heard me preach today. You may not get saved today or tomorrow. You may get saved next week, next month, or next year. But don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So like I was saying, the current year of 2016 points back to a great event concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the problem is that people are now passive. People are indifferent. So it's a job of the street preacher to wake you up, to call you to repentance. 2016 years ago, something remarkable entered this world and changed it forever. The Bible says that God became a man in Jesus Christ. Heaven came to earth, dwelt among us, lived a life that we could never live, paid for our price or paid for our sins. And the Word of God says, if you turn to God, if you turn to His Son, if you believe in His death, burial and resurrection, you are forgiven. You receive everlasting life. You see, God is a good God. As I've been telling you, the Bible says that God is a friend of sinners. But there's two types of sinners. The first type is self-righteous, arrogant, a hater of God. Thinks he knows best. The other is somebody who has repented. He's turned to God. He knows he's no good. He knows he cannot save himself. And he enters into a covenant with God. A covenant relationship. And the Bible says, if you come unto God by him, that's Jesus Christ, he is able to save you to the uttermost. Sing ever liveth to make intercession for you. There's a picture of Christ as the high priest. But like I've been saying, when you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. If Jesus Christ was just a good man, he couldn't help you because his blood would be as sinful as yours. 
If he was just a prophet, at best, all he could do is point you back to the one true God. But he says, unless you believe I am, which means he is God, you will die in your sins. And you ask yourself, what does it mean to die in our sins? It means to go to hell forever where you are conscious. Everlasting shame and contempt. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. In fact, I can tell you all here today in Oxford Circus that I have no enemies. Almighty God has changed my heart. He's changed me from within. But if I had any enemies, I wouldn't wish hell on any of them. But the truth of the matter is, you send yourselves to hell. If you're not saved, you're unsaved, which means you're lost. You can't go to heaven because you haven't been redeemed. You haven't had your sins forgiven. You haven't received what's called an imputed righteousness. All these terms mean probably nothing to most of you people because you are biblical illiterates. But I'll tell you something, so was I 14 years ago. One of the great blessings that God has given mankind is not only salvation, it's not only fellowship with himself, it's the ability to understand the Bible. The Bible is a divine book, written by men, yes, but they were inspired by God. And you might say, well, I don't trust a book which was written by men. Well, just think about this for one moment. Some of you people went to university and you believed your textbooks, which were written by men, right? So how can it be you believe textbooks written by men who weren't inspired by God, and yet you won't believe in the Bible, which was inspired by God? The truth of the matter is, most people have not thought this through. One of the great blessings of being a forgiven sinner is not only that all of my past, present and future sins have been forgiven, but it's also my ability to try and reach out to my fellow man. I know there are many hypocrites in the world today who call themselves Christians. I only apologise for such hypocrites. But don't throw Jesus Christ out based on some hypocrites. Don't go to hell because of some hypocrites. And you might be quite rightly critical of organised religion, well so am I. But again, don't reject Christ based on those who claim to follow him, when in truth they don't. There are many false religions, many false prophets, many false teachers in the world today, but you can't say that about Jesus Christ. In fact, I challenge anybody here today to give me five points of criticism, five valid points of criticism about Jesus Christ. Just give me three, maybe. You're going to struggle. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He led the deaf to hear again. He walked on the water. He forgave sins. He reunited families. He gave everlasting life to those that would believe on him. He repaired the bridge between man and God. Now ask yourself this, what other religion anywhere in the world 
comes anywhere near that. What other religion anywhere in the world guarantees you everlasting life the moment you believe on the one true God? I mean right here, right now in London. You're going to struggle. The Catholics hope they are saved, but can't be sure. The Protestants hope they are saved, but can't be sure. Muslims hope they are saved, but can't be sure. Jews hope they are saved, but can't be sure. Whereas the word of God says, these things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have everlasting life. But the truth of the matter is, mankind is an enemy of God. Mankind is at enmity with God through wickedness, through unrighteousness, through doing his own thing. But I know when I leave here, later today, my work is done. We've come here today to give out Bible tracts, to give free Bibles, free DVDs, to anybody who wants one. It's a great gift to be able to share it with you people here today. For many years people thought the earth was flat. But the Bible told you over 3,500 years ago that the earth was circular. But mankind thought he knew better. Now we know that the earth is circular. Well, the Bible told you over 3,000 years ago. The Bible told you that God would send his son, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, would be crucified, and after three days would be raised from the dead. But you see, people don't want to receive it. People don't want to believe it, because their hearts are no good. Mankind loves his sin. I should know that was me 14 years ago. On top of the word of God testifying to itself, giving you over 68 prophecies, we have over 39 secular historians, everyday people who didn't even believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, writing about Jesus Christ coming to the earth and dying on a cross. But all this is irrelevant to you until you're born again. In fact, you can't even understand this until you're born again. You are what's called spiritually dead. You cannot even comprehend what I'm saying to you until you're born again. But the Bible says how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To be saved is very simple. You need to humble yourself. Stop justifying your sins. Turn to God. Reach out to him as he reached out to you vicariously 2,000 years ago on the cross and trust in him. Believe on him. And you enter into a covenant relationship with the one true God. But if you pass it up, 
If you think you know best, if you remain an enemy of God, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a great gift. It's the best news you'll get today here in London, and it's free as well. It costs you nothing to be saved. But it costs Jesus Christ everything to give you everlasting life. But the word of God says that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bend and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't it strange how people take this wonderful name to express disgust and then turn around and say, I don't believe on him. Sounds slightly hypocritical to me. The truth of the matter is, is that you do believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. You don't know him in a personal sense. That much is true. In fact, the word of God says you are an enemy of his for your wicked works. And yet he's offering mankind everlasting life, total forgiveness of sins. If I was to say to you today, there are over 30,000 religions in the world today and out of those 30,000 religions only one teaches that Almighty God came to the earth in the person of Jesus Christ and he inspired the apostles to write the New Testament I could stand here all day giving you a history lesson but unless you humble yourself unless you open your hearts to the Lord Unless you receive this wonderful message, you can't be saved. We're living in a generation now which is very much a hater of God, a rejecter of God, an embrace of everything and anything but the truth of Jesus Christ. And yet the great news is that people are still being saved all over the world. The Bible says in the last days, not only will mankind be attacking God and his people, but the Jews will be being saved. And the great news is that many Jews are coming to faith in their Messiah. Thousands of Jews are being saved in the Middle East every day. Many Muslims in the Middle East are being saved every day. Just 20 years ago, this wasn't happening. On top of that, we have technology today which allows you to see what's happening all over the world. There's a piece of scripture back in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, which speaks about two prophets being killed and then resurrected, and the whole world sees it. Now ask yourself this. How did the writer of Revelation, written 96 AD, know in the last days about satellite television. How did he know? How did the great Isaiah know the earth was round 3,000 years ago? How did King David know that Jesus Christ would be crucified before the Romans even existed? All these things mean nothing to you until you are born again. The word of God says your heart is desperately wicked. You're dead from the neck up, as they say in the world. 
And yet, if you want to be made alive, if you want to have your sins forgiven, if you want to know the one true God, you can do so right here, right now. The word of God is if you repent, that means change your mind. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you receive, present tense, everlasting life. You become part of God's family. The word of God says you can call God your father. You can call Jesus Christ your older brother. But you have a sin problem. Your sin separates you from God. The word of God says as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And yet the great news is, Christ Jesus came to earth to save sinners. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The word of God says there's only one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. One mediator. Mary can't help you. Muhammad can't help you. The Pope can't help you. Charles Darwin can't help you. The Queen of England can't help you. You can't help yourself. Just one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Well, it's been a great blessing to come here today and preach to you about my best friend, Jesus Christ, my Saviour and Lord, somebody who bled and died for me, somebody who paid my fine, somebody who took my place in judgment. How could I keep it to myself? Sometimes people misunderstand the, the street preacher. They think that somehow we are against folks, we're not. But how can I keep it to myself? If your house is burning down, I've got to tell you, I can't keep it to myself. I have to share it with people because I'm told to love my neighbour as myself. The first commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, soul and strength. And then to love your neighbour as yourself. The problem is people get it mixed up. They love their fellow man, or so they say, and have no time for their creator. That's no good. You put God first, man second. And my God is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. But for some people this goes over their heads. They can't understand it because they are dead in their sins. They are enemies of God. And yet, like I've been saying, mankind is very complex. One day you people are going to get sick. And some of you people will be screaming in a deathbed. Get me a priest. Get me a pastor. Get me someone. Get me anyone to give me peace. It's too late by then. And yet saying that, I'll say this. Even at the 11th hour, if you mean business with God, he means business with you. There's an account in the Bible of a thief on the cross, a murderer, and he's moments from death, and he turns to Jesus Christ, and he says, Lord, there's a picture of submission, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
And the Lord Jesus Christ turned to the thief on the cross. And if you believe on him, these words will be relevant to you. He says, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, or tomorrow, or next week, or whenever, you will be with him in paradise forever. But if you reject him, you go to hell forever. Because your sins haven't been forgiven. You stand convicted, you stand condemned. But my best friend made it possible for the whole world to be saved. He's reconciled sinners unto himself. He's drawn all men unto himself. For some of you people think you know best. Some of you people think you're so clever. Some of you people are trusting in your education, your degrees, your careers, and yet in 100 years from now, you'll all be dead. Maybe 50 years from now, you'll all be dead. What will it matter then? People are so wrapped up in the here and now. They think they're so important. They think it's all about the here and now, and yet, 100 years from now, all of you will be dead. And the Word of God says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Well, I'm here today to tell you that it doesn't need to be that way. You can be forgiven totally by turning to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. But you've got to humble yourself. You've got to turn to him and believe on him. Don't trust what men have told you. Don't trust in religion. Don't trust in philosophers. They've been wrong in the past. They'll be wrong in the future. In fact, most books that get published go out of print within 25, 30 years. Some of the top atheists have become Christians before they died. Even Richard Dawkins, probably the number one atheist in the UK, says he goes to the cathedral for evening song. What's going on here? Britain's number one atheist, Richard Dawkins, goes to the cathedral for evening song. Is he getting sentimental in his old age? Is he going to get saved? Who knows? But never mind him, what about yourself? What are you people waiting for? Our work is almost done here for today. It's been a great blessing to come to London and share Jesus Christ with you all. Not religion, Jesus Christ. Our job is simply to proclaim his message. To introduce him to anybody who wants to know him. Whether you receive him or not is between you and him. My job is simply to preach the gospel. To explain how he died for your sins. Like lying, stealing, blasphemy, covetous, adultery. The list goes on and on and on. But he won't save you unless you ask him to save you. He won't forgive you unless you ask him to forgive you. He won't pardon you unless you come to him to be pardoned. 
Nobody goes to heaven automatically. You have to receive him. You have to turn to him. As I say, it's like a covenant relationship. It's like a contract. You get offered a job, you sign the contract. And your employer signs the other part of the contract. It's an agreement. It's a legally binding document. That's what the New Testament is. He signed his part with his own precious blood. Now you need to receive it by faith. For some people, you might think this is somewhat foolish. Uphold the name of Jesus Christ with the word of God said that some people would say this was foolish. And yet it's been a great blessing for me to come here today and preach Jesus Christ. The word of God condemns those of us which are saved for not warning others of God's judgment. And I appreciate this isn't a particularly popular message, but the message of God never changes. Churches change, religious people change, but God doesn't change. The Bible says God is immutable, which means he is the same. Like my, word, my banner says, the same yesterday, today and forever. And I'm sure there are many people in hell today screaming, weeping and wailing, wishing they weren't there. And yet, you send yourself to such a place. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. What other great God would die for you? What other great God would allow you to enjoy his glory forever? But as I say, for some people this is a foolish message and a misunderstood message. It's not about religion. It's not about tithing. It's not about getting people's money. You can keep it. We don't want your money. But God wants your soul. The Bible says he's drawn all men unto himself. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wept over Jerusalem, and I'm sure he weeps over London, at the indifference, at the hostility, at the rejection. And yet, if just one sinner today turned to Christ to be saved, it's been a great success. It's not our job to get anybody saved. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But our job as Bible believers is to preach the gospel. It's to introduce Jesus Christ to anybody who wants to meet him. I got saved 14 years ago. I came from a religious family. We had priests in our family. I had a pretty good standard of living but I was a lost sinner. And God revealed himself to me, set me free from my sins, and gave me everlasting life. If he can save me, he can save you. But you've got to come to him. Mary can't save you. She can't even hear you. Muhammad can't help you. He can't even hear you. The Pope can't help you. He can't even help himself. The Bible says... 
There's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. And his name is on my board, my banner, the best name in town, Jesus saves. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Jehovah means God. God saves. You people are in trouble with God. Your sins separate you from God. And yet God stands at the door. He knocks at the door and he says, if you open, I will come in and sup with you. It's a great message. It's a free message. But people are hoping to get to heaven via their own route. If I do this, if I do that, if I stop doing this, if I stop doing that, I will be okay with God. It's too late. Put yourself in a courtroom. You've been convicted of 100 crimes against the state. How big is and you say to the judge, I'm now a good man. I've cleaned my life up. I'm no longer stealing. I'm no longer doing this or that. It will make no difference with the judge. He has to send you to jail because you've broken the law. I mean a good judge, not a corrupt judge. I mean a good, decent judge will send you to jail because you've broken the law. It's all very commendable that you clean your life up, you no longer drink, you no longer do drugs, you no longer sleep around. That's all very commendable. But your past sins are still to be dealt with. Your past crimes are still to be dealt with. You can't clean yourself up. You can't bribe God. But if you come to Jesus Christ, if you turn to him, if you trust in him, he saves you and he gives you a new heart. But it's down to you, my friends, whether you want to receive it here and now or reject it. We're going now. We've been here for a while. We've done our bit. We've preached to you all. We've told you about Jesus Christ. Our hands are clean of your blood. I pray that you repent. I pray you'll take note of what you've heard today. And I pray you come to the one true God, Jesus Christ, and believe on him. And experience his love, forgiveness, and everlasting life. Like I said, I don't want anybody to go to hell. I get no pleasure preaching about such parts of the Bible. But if I didn't tell you the truth, I'd be lying to you. Love the Lord thy God with thy mind, heart, soul and strength and love thy neighbour as thyself. You love God and then you love your neighbour. And I'll tell you one final thing. If all you people here today believed what I believed, you wouldn't need a police force, you wouldn't need an army, you wouldn't need law and order. We'd have a much more peaceful existence. But we need police, we need soldiers because man is wicked. Man in his best state is no good. You people send yourself to hell for your rejection of Jesus Christ, for your love of your sin, your hatred towards him. And I understand I was like you once, but if you believe what I believe, you have forgiveness of sins, you have the perfect peace which passes all understanding, and above all when you die, you go to heaven, not hell, like you should do. Thank you for listening to me, and the Lord bless you all.